0: everyone how you doing I'm Sergio from the Dodgeball podcast and here with me I have
1: Karen Pickering <laughs> me
0: well, uh... <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah let them know uh, what team you play for and um yeah give us all the details
1: um yeah so Karen Pickering um I play for Leamington Spartans women's team at the moment and I'm also in the England and the GB squads.
0: So let's get to it. Uh, what's your jersey number? What's the story behind it?
1: Um, my jersey number is twelve. It's not. It's probably like a really stupid reason. There's not much of a story behind it. It's just when I was younger, I just really like the number twelve, and I'm not really <laughs> sure why. I think it goes. I think it goes back to when we were in maths. I must have been like eight or nine years old and we were learning about factors and it was like oh 12 has loads of factors and it can be divided like you know two <laughs> or six and I was like oh that's a really cool number which is so nerdy like oh that's such like a nice rounded number and from then on I've just always been like 12's my favorite number so I've just always gone for that on jerseys which yeah <laughs>
0: Silly, so yeah. <laughs> this is pretty much the most nerdiest reason possible. That's <laughs> the reason you chose number twelve.
1: Yep. Yeah. I went through a couple of years of being six because I thought, oh, I quite like a single digit number. And that's half of twelve. So let's go with that for a bit. Um, but now I'm back to twelve. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh when did you start playing dodgeball? And what was your um, first uh open session like?
1: Uh, I started playing at the University of Birmingham um, 11 years ago now, or no, yeah, 11 years ago, 2011.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: uh, I actually, I never planned to go to dodgeball. So there was, um, it was just, it was a Wednesday night at the beginning of my second year. So it's a sports night where everyone goes out who's part of a sport sports club um and dodgeball had just been set up and a few of my friends were going because they knew the the person had set it set it up and they were all like yep we're going to go to dodgeball we're all playing dodgeball now um and i just had nothing to do on that wednesday night and they said oh come to the social it's only i think it might have been the second social of this club which was new so they said oh no one really knows each other yet just come to the social and you'll have fun Um, so I went there and I met this girl um, and she said oh come come play come to the sessions it's really fun and I was just like yeah yeah sure yeah that sounds really good thinking no I'm not coming not coming at all (laughs) Um, but then when I woke up in the morning I was sort of like actually she, she was a really nice girl and I wasn't drunk enough to to think, oh, yeah, I'll just forget that happened. So I felt really guilty, so I went along for the session. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. And now she's one of my best friends. <laughs> Do
0: you want to give her a shout-out? Who is she?
1: Yeah, it's um, Eugenia Hewitt. Um, she doesn't play anymore. She's stopped just before, about a good time. Um, she, yeah, she played at Birmingham Uni with me and then London Storm.
0: Oh. So, yeah. So- who, who any uh notable ah any noticeable uh names or notable names that would have been at the Birmingham uh session
1: there are but a lot of people have uh, have stopped now because I guess it's been so long um so I don't know there's I mean like again a couple more of my best friends and hickenbottom Livia Waitman um joined the year later uh Katie joined the year later. Yeah, there are loads of people, loads of international players, actually, but everyone's, I think, everyone's stopped now.
0: (laughs) Everyone from when you started stopped now?
1: Everyone from when I started has stopped now from Birmingham.
0: And how long uh, did you play at uh, Birmingham for?
1: Um, I was at Birmingham University for four seasons.
0: And from Birmingham, what was your first Um, team after that?
1: So is it... Uh, Birmingham for four seasons and then um, we set up Meteor's ladies team. So I was there for three seasons um, and then we started Levington Spartans women, <laughs> and there for four years. So,
0: so you, you were part of the women's meteor squad?
1: Yeah, so we set up the Meteor's team. I think we finished uni and they were looking for a women's team. We won to, we wanted to play in a team, but we didn't want to set up our own club because we'd already done so much organizing and things in Birmingham Uni. We were like, oh, I just want to play now. Um yeah. so it, it worked well for for everyone really. So yeah, we sat with the meteors guys and yeah, sat up the women's team, which lasted, yeah, we did really well. Lasted three years, but then I think we all sort of lived quite far apart from each other and we all like actually got teams that are near to us that we can train with and play with. So we should probably do that and call it a day.
0: So. <laughs> uh, that's so, and maybe it's just me. I've never heard of a women's meteor squad. Um I don't even mean, do they even still have a, a meteor squad now for the women? Um or is it, no, just no, of the it was
1: yeah, just those three years. Um so we yeah, we did really well. I mean, there's two leagues, two women's leagues. So we we played in league one first promoted to Super League, but it was called the Premier League then. Um yeah, and we had uh two years. We had the the last year of three ball in the Premier League and we came second. And then we had the first year of five ball super league and we came second in that as well.
0: Oh nice. And so, from yeah, the did,
1: yeah and then from there um yeah I, I've been training with Spartans for a year already but they didn't have a um women's team at that time um but there were enough of us that lived
0: after after winning second uh with the uh, me, uh, meteors ladies it was what the last season of uh three ball
1: um yes we've we we yeah, we got second in the last season of um, three-ball dodgeball and then um, five-ball dodgeball started and that was our last season with me too my last season with Mewtwo's ladies. Um, and we got second in Super League then as well.
0: Nice. And it was around the time the Manchester Cup, uh, Manchester Cup, Manchester World Cup, um, that's when it took place, right? Given around that time yeah. frame?
1: Yeah, so I think yeah. the the first season of five ball was the year after um manchester yeah because we had the world cup and we were still playing three ball for that season
0: and what was that experience like going uh switching over a uh, number of balls and the ball size itself and everything
1: um well i i really liked it right from the start i didn't have a clue what i was doing that <laughs> <laughs> that that was the that's the tricky bit i like to like I'm a prepper, I like to be fully prepared for stuff. And it was really weird going into that World Cup, like not really having like proper tactics and knowing what the best thing to do was in situations. And it kind of just felt, it, it was kind of odd because you felt like you, you were almost like a complete beginner again and just sort of attacking hits that were you know, like running up, attacking hits that were on and stuff. And it wasn't, you weren't playing as much of a team because you didn't really know how to play that ball type as a, that ball game as a team yet. Um, so it's, such, yeah, it was a weird experience, <laughs> but it was fun. And yeah, I, I really liked five ball from when we started and I could see the potential Um we started, yeah.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> it sounds like you didn't have any bad habits to kind of lean on, hence... Because if you're not prepared to know what you're doing, so to speak, you really don't have any idea where the bad habits can develop. So you kind of went into this with a a clear mind, so to speak.
1: Yeah, yeah. What was really helpful was um, we had um, Kirby um, from Malaysia who played foam. Um, And he was living in Wales at the time. So he's was helping us. I mean, I think we're all a bit like, what? What do you mean? Like, you go trade that and that person trades with this person and what? Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that was really helpful because he was on the sideline just being like, no, go, go, go. <laughs> uh, sort of explaining things. Um, yeah. So I think it, it felt like we were going into it quite blindly, but less blindly because of Kirby.
0: <laughs> no, I will say um chatting with Kirby, that that sounds very much like him. He's very much a uplifting spirit and always always positive in that yeah. sense. Yeah. So after that, when was... Um, and we kind of glossed over this, but you pl- you made your international debut there in, in Manchester. How, how was that experience like, personally?
1: Well, so actually, I made my international debut in 2013. Oh, really? Yeah, so I played... I played in Home Nations for the first Wales women. I've been, well, I was in the Wales women's team from their first tournament, uh, Home Nations 2013 in Chester, and then Europe in Chester as well. That was my first international year.
0: And what was that, um, what was that experience like, knowing that you finally got the call up?
1: Um, it was a bit strange, actually, because I... Was a bit because uh, I'd only been playing dodgeball for like a year and a half at that point. Um, and then my friend Rhiannon had gone to uh, well, we had a guy join us from uh join our university from um Leicester which was more of an established club, so he he knew about international dodgeball and think like We were all just like really fresh to the game, didn't really know anything about. About kind of the bigger world of dodgeball, and he said, "Oh, you're Welsh. You should you should go play for Wales." And I was like, "No, no, no!" Like, there's, I've only been playing for a year and a half. And like I said, with me being like wanting to be prepared and things, I was like, "No, I'm not ready. I'm not ready." Um, mm-hmm. But my friend Rhiannon, um went. She was, and she's, she was just like, "Yep, sure, that sounds really fun." Went along, um, and and so she was going. She was in the team. I'm from North Wales, which is only a half an hour away from Chester. So I was going to go watch the tournament anyway. um, And then um, this, Gareth, he was part of the Wales squad. He'd invited me into the Facebook group. So I was on this, the Wales Facebook group, even though I'd never been to a training session. didn't know anyone in it apart from Rhiannon and, and Gareth and then um, I saw on their page that someone had commented saying oh actually someone's dropped out or a couple of people have dropped out looks like we're going to be sort of women. we might be short of women or something um, and I was sort of just you know just quietly observing this post and thinking well I'm going to watch and I am watch, and I do play the dodgeball <laughs> so I just um, I just messaged them and I said I mean I'm going if you need an extra player I can I can be there um and they said yeah sure come along <laughs> um and yeah I, that that's how I started my international career <laughs>
0: <laughs> can't believe we glossed lost over a couple of years uh, of you being in uni but um that's actually you're pretty much stalking a Facebook group yeah uh, yeah <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> I gotta say that that's definitely uh, a unique way of getting in. But hey, any way you can get in, definitely gotta appreciate that. But um, you were just that silent person in the group chat talking about, "Hey, I'm I'm here too."
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't put myself in it, but then once I was in it, I was like, "Well, I'm not gonna get out of an international squad page. I'm gonna see what's going on here." <laughs> <laughs> to be really useful.
0: <laughs> you know what? You sound just like me. I'll say that. Uh, So you played for, what would you say your overall experience was like with Wales, if you were to sum it up?
1: I'd say as like, I think it's been like really, really useful in my dodgeball career. It's probably the most useful thing I've done. I think because like I I come from a university where we were the first year, like none of us had ever played before. None of us knew what we're doing. We didn't have that like that year ahead of us, even just one year to tell us how to play. So being able to go to Wales and have um, like people there, like um, David Paul Jaff, like he was, he was the person that took us all under his wing was like, right, you know, you girls, I'm going to teach you how to play dodgeball now properly, like get you some proper tactics and stuff. And I think it, it having that platform uh being able to play against top players early on in my career like really helped expedite it. um otherwise it could have been years and years and years of finding like of finding my own way of you know how to play without getting the the help from those like really experienced players
0: i mean you definitely have a, a solid uh, network there to to fall back on um so let's talk about after. <coughs> hold on, let me clear my throat. After mm-hmm. Manchester, and then you you joined, um, or you you did you help start the Spartan Ladies?
1: Yeah. So. Did um, so you helped start it?
0: Okay. So explain. Yeah. What was that whole process like? Starting essentially a new, uh, more so in your na- neighborhood.
1: Yeah. So we'd already been, like we'd already been training with Spartans for a year. The men had already been, they'd been playing as Spartan men. I know there were the Dirty Ducks and things before that, but they'd been playing as Spartan men's team for a a whole season. We had uh, me, Lottie and uh, Katie had all, we were all playing together in Meteors, but all lived locally to Leamington. So we already had half a team (laughs) Um, and then um, all of us went to Birmingham Uni which isn't that far away from Leamington so I think most of the team was graduates then from Birmingham Uni coming to Leamington so we it was yeah it was fairly easy to set up because obviously the the training and um, like the coaches and things and the guys the experienced guys was already there Um, it was just a matter of getting the numbers and because we had the university that we'd all just come from not that many years ago, not far away. It it made it easy really to set up the team.
0: Mm. So who were part of the who was part of the initial roster, do you recall?
1: Um yeah, so there was me, Lottie and Katie, um, uh Lucy um Barrington, who's still there now, she she was like the odd one out. She just found Spartans on on like Facebook or something and was like, like <laughs> cool I'll just join it and then she didn't she was like oh I've just turned up to like one of the best teams in the UK okay um, <laughs> she, she was there from the beginning and then we had uh, Jenny Ford um, Ellie Conway uh, Holly Edmonds they were all from Birmingham Uni um, we had Hayley Whitelaw as well um, who lived locally I'm sure we had some others but I can't remember them
0: <laughs> I'm just laughing at um, you said it was Lucy that kind of just yeah. discovered you guys on Facebook
1: yeah I think I don't know if it was Facebook but yeah she I know she decided she was playing Quidditch and just decided oh I want to play I want oh. to just do something else with <laughs> my time but do similar because she's a, a I think she's a beta. She's she throws dodgeballs in Quidditch anyway I know that much
0: I just, <laughs> <laughs> they throw dodgeballs in Quidditch. Well, I mean technically, yeah, I don't know how they play it out there, but we play with rubber balls here with Quidditch. So yeah, the 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 analogies and, and the metaphors are still the same. Um this is funny. I just found it on Facebook and wanted to do something. I was gonna ask, did she even know it was dodgeball or did she just think it was Quidditch beforehand?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, she joined Dodgeball because yeah, she wanted to do something a bit different. That was
0: she she said something similar.
1: Bit, uh, well, use her skill set, I think um but yeah I don't think she realized that she was walking into like one of the most like probably well probably probably the club that takes training the most seriously I'd say
0: yeah that's definitely an environment a reputation you guys have over there so I wanted to ask you something um did you have a sports background growing up
1: kind of I've always done every sport that's been offered to me in school um but the main thing i did when i was growing up was dancing and um, so i was mm. a ballet dancer predominantly and then um did like well i did like every dancing that you like that you could do i guess as, as well like the dan- the local dance schools but ballet was the main one and uh, sort of freestyle disco dancing as well
0: so you pretty much any any form of dancing is pretty much what you did
1: yeah, that was that was my main stuff. And then I did Nepal and some athletics as well. Um but yeah, dancing was the thing I did like I think I think I did six, six or seven dance classes a week.
0: So Oof. it was
1: like one every night on on some nights there were more than one on all the weeknights. So that's what took up all my time when I was a child.
0: Jeez. Oh, um as someone who just did dance for a brief period of my life. Um I can tell you, yeah, that seven, you said seven night yeesh. You're I know me, just my feet hurting just hearing that.
1: <laughs> yeah, my feet my feet are wrecked now. I yeah, I tried to go back to ballet as an adult and it, yeah, they would
0: it didn't work out well.
1: But yeah, it was basically I they were hurting so much that it was affecting dodgeball, so I had to decide then, right? I want to play dodgeball now, so I can't anymore, which is sad because I really like it. But, you know, that's my number one at the moment. So.
0: Of course. Um, So do you have, did you have any role models growing up? And do you have any role models in uh, Dodgeball?
1: I guess my role models have always been the people that are like the step above me or a few steps above me or so. So like when I was growing up, when I was dancing, in one of the younger classes it was always like looking at the older classes and being like oh that person is like that's who I want to be like um uh and um, I guess it's I guess it's the same with dodgeball it's a bit harder because there aren't like I've been doing it for 11 years and I don't think women's dodgeball has been going that much longer than that so it's it's hard to be to have like specific role models models in dodgeball but I mean, you've got to look at, like, Charlotte Desire, She's one of the people that's been playing longer than I have. And she's been at the top of the game the whole way that I've been playing. So, I mean, (laughs) yeah, you can't not look up to that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, right. Um, Now, here's a little twist. I don't know if you know this, but who's your rival on court? Who's that one player? Who's that one team that you always got to be on your A game for?
1: I mean, rival... Players, I don't really, yeah, I don't really
0: have. Okay, teams how about a rival specifically, team
1: specifically? But I think um teams as I mean it has to be Bedford Eagles. I've got, I think I must be the dodgeball player with the most second place medals. Like other, <laughs> I was counting the other day, and <laughs> I've got like I've I've got it listed here. I've got I've got international medals. I've got one, two, three, four. I four. I've got six silver international medals. I got three super league silver medals i've got three british champs silver medals and then one league one silver medal and bar the league one one so all of these top ones i think um i think all of the the club ones bedford eagles have come first above me
0: <laughs> so, uh,
1: so they have they have to be the rival team <laughs>
0: they have to be the rival team just by that alone yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right so let's get to it what does it feel like playing against them uh,
1: It's I mean it's always it's always the game that you're like most excited about I mean I was gutted this year because I didn't get to play against them either time we played them in league because I was well having a baby in one and then mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and then I was on holiday <laughs> the other time so yeah I've not played them I've not actually played them since the covid so um i'm hoping we'll get to play them up british champs next week but um
0: yeah it, oh it, next week
1: um yeah yeah on saturday we've got um the british british championship so that's the last thing in the season
0: oh sweet and there's a likelihood yeah. you guys uh, might cross paths
1: um yeah, so i get, I think um top of our group plays top of their group in the semi-final maybe and i so if we top our group and Bedford Eagles can top their group we'll get them in the semis I think yeah. um, uh, it's not definite but again we we still have to both of us have to top our groups to do that um, but yeah that's that's. I guess I don't know you just you got to get you have to get fired up for that game um, and it's one that you really you need like as much as I can do get fired up for it because they're such a good team we need to get All of our team fight for it too. Like I can't, I can't win it on my own. Someone else can't win it on their own kind of thing. We need like all of us to be having a good day to beat them. So I guess when you do beat them, it feels that much sweeter because you know like everyone's working together.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've heard nothing about. uh, I've heard nothing but dominant things about them, and I've definitely seen the footage to to back that up. Yeah, to to play against Bedford, you got to be like all cylinders got to be clicking.
1: Yeah, you do. <laughs> all
0: cylinders got to be clicking because uh, they're that type of team that you make that mistake, it's gonna be a long day for you.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you got you got to respect that though. I love it personally. Um, do you have any like um, pregame ritual before like let's say a tournament or anything like that that you like? That you like to do?
1: Um. I don't,
0: or any or any pregame yeah, music? Like
1: yeah. To do? I don't think I have anything like ritual as such, but like I said, I like to be prepared. I like to know like I'm the person that works out. Like we're playing all of these teams, and if we come in this position, we're playing these guys, and if we're playing this one, and I, I like to know you know what who we're playing, and I like to know like what as in what team, which players, and I like to just have it all on my head. Right? Okay. So, right, playing this team now and playing these players, right, what are they going to have as a team? What are the specific calls that um, I would be making? Um, yeah, and I guess I just like to just go over that in my head. I don't like to stress other people out with it too much because I think some people don't like that and that just makes them play worse. So I just kind of keep it all, like, inside me and just, yeah, I guess I probably go quiet. Just like to just like chill out, think about it, all, process it all, and get ready to go.
0: <laughs> so, you just kind of like you're in the corner just meditating on all the information that you have. <laughs> and then yeah. when it's time, it's just go time for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think I probably go to the toilet like before every game and like go, i go fill up my water so much. And I think I was thinking about it. And I think I probably do that as a way to sort of just. Like, it's nice to like warm up with the team and get hyped up, but then I think I probably like, yeah, go fill up my water or whatever, just to have those few moments to myself to just be like, right, okay, get in the zone now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, there's a lot of subconscious reasoning behind that for sure. You just want to be separate from everyone else. So you're not listening to music or anything at that point?
1: No, I, I mean, I don't like, yeah, I don't put like headphones on or anything. Um, I quite like it if there's an atmosphere in the hall if there's music going on in, in the hall um, but I guess yeah I also want to zone out for those few moments as well
0: So what kind of music would you like if, if you had control over what's being played in the hall um,
1: I prefer something I um, I mean anything that's like, like hype music I'm not like a chill out music kind of person or a game I prefer it to like yeah, like hype me up a bit. Um, I like I, it's weird. I like like to be like externally, look hyped, but like internally calm. And <laughs>
0: <laughs> so externally, you'd like to look like you're just having the time of your life. Internally, you're just like the what's the opposite of a social butterfly? You just that's you. Like you yeah. just you just want to be shut down i'm I'm amped but i'm amped on the outside not on the inside okay yeah
1: exactly i guess i want my body to be like fired up i'm ready to move but yeah i just want my brain to be calm
0: that's a weird battle you have to have <laughs> with yourself daily for sure i, I can't the level of stress we must be going to okay so what are we going to be today <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are we gonna be amped today, or are we gonna be? Uh, are we gonna be a bit of a firecracker today? Uh, all right. So I want to ask you this question: What's your biggest takeaway from last year? Which I guess, for the most part, has been the most competitive women's season ever. Yeah,
1: I guess. I, I think the biggest, well, biggest takeaway for like. All the teams, I guess, is like you know consistency is key, and you've got to bring it every meet. Like, I think, um, I think, uh, like you no, know, it was it was so close, and like we as Spartans had like one bad day, and that's what cost us cost us the season, and and Bedford Eagles yeah they had bad games but they never had like they never had that like really bad day you know they just kept chugging along in the background and that's what won them the season um you know and there's there's so like so many teams that could have won like there were six or seven teams or something that like were all in with a shot at some point yeah. so like i mean yeah like you just having one great day or a couple of great great games where you, either like you, you know you might beat a big team that you're expected to you might be expected to lose to, like that's not enough. You need to be you need to be like consistent across the board. And that means beating the lower teams, like you know, 20 nil or 24 nil or whatever. Like because I mean like we as Spartans we won out, we lost on, I think it might have been 12 set points or 10 set points or something like that to Bedford Eagles so like if we'd have just and you know we lost we drew to one of the bottom teams and we also um like I think the score is 12-10 to us against against um the White Tigers so you know like those points are what cost us cost us the season so I think yeah just consistency is what everyone has to be doing now in the women's game (laughs)
0: I mean, it it seems like it's becoming more of a dogfight this year. Um, what would, what would you say led to that versus in years past?
1: Um, I, I like I think everyone's just stepped up again. Like I think this is the I don't know if everyone's just been work, working out during lockdown or something, but I think this is the first season that like you've looked across the board and you've been like, okay, these. Like these women look more like athletes now. Like I think before, before lockdown, I mean they were, the season was getting exciting. There's the sort of half season we had before lockdown, that was still that was really contested season as well. Um, but even more so obviously in this season that's just gone. And yeah, I think previously, especially I guess it goes back to three ball where you know, you could just you could get a, you could be a really good player by just standing there and being good at catching because you could just roll the balls back if you were down and wait for them to throw at you um mm. when, you know, in five ball you've got to be, you've got to be athletic you've got to be able to you know be running back back and forth up and down the court you've got to have that like throwing in, endurance um and i think that's like that's coming through in the women's game now um across the board which is why there is so many like good teams now there's just <laughs> more players i guess we're behind the the guys a little bit and that's purely i would say because of the numbers like the guys have always had a much bigger pool of people to pick from um the women have always been have always had less but you know we've got to that stage now where i think like people were just as excited if not more excited to watch the women's super league compared with the men's super
0: league i would have to agree um because uh well part of of the reason i follow is because the neutral zone has done a great job uh recapping all the meets so it always felt like i was at the edge of my seat just waiting to hear what was going on in the women's super league because it just seemed like every episode or every week it was like a different top three it seemed like every time like the, the math was, you know, adding up kind of, I'm like, okay, so if this team wins the next two, but don't lose by this much. And then I'm like, okay, this is, this is definitely, definitely, you, you know, you know, where the season's gotten competitive when you have multiple equations to figure out who can win. And that's a the <laughs> board when you're doing <laughs> that for like five different teams and it's all adding up the same way, you know, it's, you know, it's going to be competitive from start to finish.
1: I know. On that that last day, um, yeah, there were people with spreadsheets going around like putting the <laughs> numbers in as they as they were happening and sort of being like, Do you want to know? Do you want to know if you can do it or not? And we were all just like, no, we just want to play and just play as much as we can. That's that's our aim, but we don't want to know how, by we knew we had to we would have had to have pulled out like some crazy scores to win. Um so we were just like, if we don't want that on our minds, let's just go out and do the best performance we can. Um but yeah, it was it was crazy. That was wait, so-
0: somebody was handing out like spreadsheets over
1: well there was, a cu- there was a couple of people that you know had got had got the, the scores, I guess, up at, at me in in like spreadsheets so they could put in the scores on the day. So there was like a live a live table as the game. Yeah. So you would know going your your first your second game like whether you were in the running for like place still whether you couldn't go first and you compete second or compete the third or whatever.
0: I just love the idea of someone <laughs> walking around with spreadsheets, talking about. Hey, do you want to know how far, or are you are you, <laughs> you want or do you want to focus like that? Because I, I could promise you I don't know I mean if you were to do that here. Oh, it'd be a, it would be a panic. Yeah. Like, I, I, would, I would venture to say about half of the players would be like, okay, what's uh, the... Let, let me see the spreadsheets. Let me see what you got. Because it just it would just be too much for most of these people out here. <laughs> I'm just thinking about it like that. If you bring a spreadsheet to a gym out here, it'd cause a riot. <laughs> I would legitimately bet money on it. It would cause a riot. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I wanted to I want to ask you something. So, okay. So, when you, from the time you had Freddie to the time you record, uh, you returned to the court, how long ago was that? Like, how long was the time frame in between?
1: Um. So I had Freddie in November, and I came back for the January fixtures. So, what's that? Um,
0: two months, roughly. Two
1: two months. Yeah, about two months.
0: Okay. The The reason I ask is it seemed. I don't know where I heard two weeks.
1: No. <laughs> definitely no, not two weeks. <laughs> there was
0: no training session or no open in two weeks that you made an appearance at?
1: No. I definitely, I came to the league with Freddie when he was three weeks, I think. Um, I wasn't okay.
0: <laughs> that, that's what it was. But you you weren't playing, though. No.
1: I was okay. definitely
0: not playing. <laughs> All right. I was like, hold on. Two or three weeks already? Damn. <laughs> Okay. All right. I'm not going to knock your toughness. That right there is, speaks to a lot. Um, but it also speaks to a very solid interview that we've had. Um, but I want to ask you one final question, and it's a legacy question. So, Karen Pickren, how would you like to be remembered once you step off the court for final time?
1: Um, I think I probably want to be remembered as like one of the smarter players in the game. I guess. Um, like, I think that's something that I think about a lot is I'm thinking like, well, I've predominantly played in like a calling position. So I've always been thinking like, what calls am I going to make? How am I going to, like, what's the other team going to do? How, am I gonna, you know, how am I going to retaliate against what I think they're going to do? And thinking like several steps ahead and stuff. So like, I guess I'd like to be re- that and remembered for that so yeah that's what I'd like
0: <laughs> you like to be remembered as more of a cerebral player? I definitely would agree um, you can tell on camera the complexity the, the direction of your team kind of changes when you're not there not to say that the Spartan ladies looked in disarray at all but you clearly give them a sense of direction a sense of focus and that's something that if I'm scouting against you it's something I would pick up on right away. But if I'm playing with you, that's something I'd also look forward to because you want to know in the foxhole who you can trust. You want to know who's going to be the one that's not going to be afraid to make that call, not going to be afraid to, you know, get their hands dirty and, and you know, and live and die by it, so to speak. And you're a perfect example of it. Um, I think definitely a strong leader for sure but you're also very versatile in understanding what needs to be done. You, you don't look – I mean, just studying your skill set, you, you're not heavily reliant on one thing. I mean, you've changed the game several different ways, and I would argue that you'll do that more going in the future or this week at uh, British Champs. And, um <laughs> I, th- I think uh, if anyone's gonna know anything about you is yeah you might have a lot of silver place <laughs> I'm sorry silver <laughs> place. you might have a lot of silver medals in in second place but you fought like hell to get there and um, I, I I would I'll say this I think you can actually if if one thing I think I want for you is fee- in the, I'm gonna say this I don't care how this sounds if one thing I want for you just just because I know you can pull it off beat Bedford Eagles in the finals <laughs> just just do it just do it because' like I don't know if how much you watch American football like Steve young when he got the monkey off his back that'll be the biggest that'll be the biggest dub in your career for sure because it's it's a long time coming and I couldn't uh, wish that for anyone else but you so thanks <laughs> But just hypothetically, how would you feel if you beat them in the finals?
1: Um, I mean well i've I've done it once before
0: <laughs> oh, you've done uh, it once years
1: ago, yeah, I've done it. I've done it once with meteors ladies. that was the British open, I think it was. Uh, yeah, I think well i've I've beaten I've beaten them a few times throughout my career, but it's never been in like
0: never in the finals
1: the, the sort of in like, the ones that matter, if that makes sense. Like, you know, the ones you want to be winning, like the British champs, okay. the, the league titles and stuff. Like, I've got, you know, some open gold, open gold medals and things throughout the time. But, you know, it's it's the big ones that you want, right?
0: It's the big ones that you want, <laughs> and I want that for you. So if anything <laughs> before your legacy is cemented, like cemented for real, I want you to get that win. <laughs> I want you to win when it matters Moss.
1: Even if I'm 50, I'll still be going until I get
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that a de- is that a declaration you're making right now? Yeah, yeah.
1: So I hope okay. that happens
0: soon. <laughs> so so you heard it here. Until even if Karen Pickering is 50 years old, she's gonna go until you know she gets that monkey off her back. And that's yeah. something I gotta respect. Um <laughs> Before we wrap up, all right, and that was my interview with Karen Pickering. Karen, thank you so much for hopping on and sharing with us your story. Um, still working on getting, and this is just an update for for the listeners, still working on an update to record with Ish Blanco, which I'm sure at this point would be the most anticipated interview, followed by uh, my, my interview with Michael Silvera. And um, that one's also going to be a fun one for sure based on what I'm hearing. Uh, other than that, uh, if you listened up to this point, thank you so much and have a wonderful day.